0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. We have a special extra edition today, and I, but still, I have my co-host, uh, David Tainter here. David, what's up? Hey, how are you, Josh? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited about this show, because today we have—I was going to—is is it— I should say author Nell Scovell, because we're t- one of the things we're going to talk about is her new book, Just the Funny Parts. But she's not just an author. She's, she is a comedy writer, and she basically wrote, like, half the shows that you watched in the 90s, half the comedy shows, Nell actually wrote the scripts for those show- shows. And then, so here's, so Nell here, Nell... Say hello Nell.
0: Oh, hello. Hi, how are you? Good.
1: So we're gonna we're gonna talk to Nell about her new book, which is an incredible, incredibly timely book, and we're just gonna talk about a million other things as well. And Nell and I are friends. We've been. Um, well,
0: I was I was an early fan of Talking yes, Points yes, Memo. I, yes. I wrote you a fan email.
1: Well, you know, and we I was gonna say we've been we have been privately snarking about everybody for years, <laughs> right? Like if you were listening to this this episode right now, we totally snarked snarked about you and 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 made fun of you by email at some point.
0: <laughs> well, I I'm mainly a TV writer right and book author now, but I started as a journalist and I still self-identify as a journalist, that's
1: your identity. Yes, yes. So yes. I
0: don't want to win, win but an Emmy for award. you write Vanity
1: Fair. I mean, you, you, well, you still, I still are. Do. I mean, I know that's not your primary thing, but you still are a journalist. You still,
0: yeah, not a journalist. Uh, the, the thing is, though, I'd rather win a Pulitzer Prize than an Emmy. You know, right. that's like still the thing. I hear you, um, and Same. I never will yeah. win no. either, probably. But um, so. I stumbled on, on your website early on, and I just love the way you came at news through character.
1: You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's funny. We, we were um, been working on a mission statement for the organization, and one of the things I've been trying to capture, you put it in a way that I have not been able to capture, <laughs> and, and how I have been thinking about it is that we exist... The reason people like novels is because we exist as, as individual people and progressions through time. We don't, it's, we don't, it, our lives don't exist as concepts, right? We, right. We, uh, characters, people who do things and things that move forward over time, and that's always been my sense of like, how do you, how do you cover the news? The news is about people right. and things they do over, you know, and th- that sounds. Well, sounds obvious, but that's you kind of captured I need, I need I need Nell to write our organizational <laughs> mission statement. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Well,
0: well it was interesting cuz writing my memoir just the funny parts yeah. from Day Street Publishing. Uh, I needed to find my own voice, and I know this sounds cheesy, but as someone who has written for
1: Now don't say it cuz I'm cuz this is part of Okay, I, there's a whole secret question I have coming up, so don't. Okay,
0: well, but what I What was interesting, in TV, characters are always consistent, right? Homer Simpson is always dumb. You know, Gibbs always cares about work. And um, in real life, we're not always consistent. Like, I, I tell stories where... You know, I act very bravely and aggressively, and other stories where I just back right down. Right, and right. and it's hard to reconcile those two. I just hope the Nell character was likable.
1: <laughs> he, well, here, okay, so here, so a couple things. So, one, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is, I don't know if you know about this. I, I've talked about it with David a few times. Born in Brooklyn and brewed in the Bronx, Grady's is New York's favorite cold brew iced coffee. You, did you know that? Because we're drinking Grady's I, cold brew. Ice I didn't coffee right know now. that,
0: but I believe it. Well it, it, it's this not is, surprising.
1: It's not surprising and it it's is so is good true. Speaking of speaking of writing I have a I have a script here I'm gonna read for <laughs> okay. you because it's about the coffee that we are we' are drinking While you read,
0: right I will sip.
1: okay. Born in Brooklyn and brewed in the Bronx, Grady's is New York's favorite cold brew. but you can have it delivered to your door no matter where you live. Their cold brew kit includes everything you need to create smooth, velvety cold brew at home. All you need to do is add water. No French press, no mess, no baristas. You save money, too. You get 36 cups of gourmet cold brew for only $30. That's less than a buck a cup. And shipping's free. Ready to give it a swirl? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. So here's the secret question: You, Nels Cavell, did co-write "Lean In" with Sheryl Sandberg, right?
0: Yes, I collaborated, right? collaborated with Sheryl. Right. right.
1: Well, you got yeah. you, you name it's, a name on it's the her book. book, but right. Yeah, but you were you were you a, know she
0: was running Facebook and had right. two little kids, and now, she was a little busy. And
1: and and you also do like you 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 one of the many things you do is is. Speech write, but write jokes for 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 speeches. Now, didn't you do some speech writing in in the Facebook Empire or yes. like writing? Okay, yeah. So this is the second point of contact with Facebook. <laughs> so so Nels Cavell, what is your tie to Russia?
0: <laughs> my, well, because my,
1: Facebook, I mean, it's it's I, I hear about Cambridge Analytica and Facebook and like, <laughs> don't bullshit me. What's uh, the,
0: You're uh, part of this. My grandparents were born there, so this is. The long that's game. Such
1: <laughs> that's such a cop out. Come on, what is your Russia tie? Or like Steve Bannon, or Cambridge Analytica, or who's? What is the guy Nix? Alexander Nix? The kind of all of these guys are like everybody in this story is. If you if you wrote the script, you'd say like oh, that's a little too cheesy.
0: Like come on, <laughs> I feel like, like the whole
1: Russia story. That's what is I'm that saying. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Totally, totally, totally. Okay, so. um,
0: I've but, never I've never met Steve Bannon, although he lived in Los Angeles, he lived near me for a long time. But I have felt a cold chill <laughs> blow right. through it's, it's, me. It's, it's which like a Lord of the Rings
1: type thing. <laughs> right. No, totally, totally. So tell us about what what was uh, th- that was a that was a uh, Lean In was a big book, it was a big cultural moment. What was it what was it like being, you know, some peop- you know, people being part have, of that?
0: So some people have come up to me and said um, what did we say before lean in? like and the truth is before lean in, women were embarrassed to be ambitious and you know ask for more money mm-hmm. and all the things that lean in means and so I think what Cheryl really spotted this uh, this hole in our culture so I First started, and I describe it all in the book. I first started writing jokes for Mark Zuckerberg.
1: Okay, right. He could use some noted, jokes now. Yeah, noted funny yeah, person. Yeah, <laughs> noted. Yeah, yeah. He is. Okay. You know,
0: everyone thinks he's like the movie, but but he's not. He okay. actually has a very good sense of humor. And he, I'm surprised. Um, and then uh, I was, uh, the head of communications wrote me a note one day and said, have you seen Sheryl Sandberg's? TED Talk, and I wrote back, seen it, I memorized it. Oh, is that
1: the origin? I I don't don't know the origin of the origin story of the book. That's interesting. Okay.
0: So it's sort of interesting, because in 2009, I wrote a story for Vanity Fair. Which I remember very well, but tell. Well, it was about Letterman had come out on the air and admitted that he had sex with staffers, and I saw this moment where I could address sexual harassment at a workplace that I had been in and then I pivoted to the um, concept of gender discrimination in the workplace because at that moment Letterman and Leno had zero female writers on staff
1: and 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 pretty much over the whole their whole arc like maybe they'd had one or two but it had pretty much always been that way, with some exceptions along the way. Isn't that isn't that correct?
0: Yeah. If you added up all the years women spent on Letterman, there were single white men who uh were there for a longer tenure.
1: Right. Right. And
0: and it. I also want to point out in thirty-three years on the air, Letterman, not a single writer of color. Not one. You know, it it's
1: when I was when I was a little when I was a kid, I was I mean I fucking loved Letterman, yeah. right? His whole, he's I funny, loved him, but like I'm not surprised because yeah. as, as it's it's a very white kind of well scene that whole his whole kind of his humor. I don't know it 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 doesn't surprise me. Am I wrong? I mean, is that it just?
0: Well, he's. Uh, I don't know. We could check. Is he he Donald Trump's age? You know, he's still from Indiana and he's of a certain age. He's
1: got to be close to his age. 70 years old. Almost exactly his age. Interesting. Interesting.
0: But I also, you know, there's always that argument of like, well, the writers uh, need to look like the host because they're writing for the host. And my response is they're not writing for the host. They're writing for the audience, right? right and if the right. audience isn't, you know, ninety-five percent male, right. why why is the writers' room?
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, so you know, it's funny because I, I think, I don't know. I feel like that. I, I guess you were reading TPM before then, but I think that was around the time we met because I remember reading that article, and because. One of the things about that article is that when the reception of that sort of semi-scandal for Letterman was profoundly different than it would be today. (laughs) Because as I remember it, so he comes out and he's like, all right, I slept with this woman and now her her boyfriend or husband is like – Blackmailing. Yeah, blackmailing, me. Yeah. which is true. He, yeah. was, he was blackmailing. No, he was yeah. a victim. It was right. a weird story. Yeah, weird combination of, of, of things. So I'm just going to kind of tell you I did sleep with this woman. Well, you said I
0: slept with women at right. work. And the audience applauds and laughs. Y- yeah, no, it was
1: true. It was, it was, and this wasn't like in 1955. This was, what is it, in 2008 or 2009 or 2009.
0: Like and the next day on The View, Barbara Walters. Defends him and says he's a very attractive man. Where else is he going to meet women except the workplace? Right.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's it, it's 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 funny because that was definitely <laughs> my recollection of how it was sort of treated in the media. Was you know, David, man, he was he was having a lot of sex with staffers. And it was a little embarrassing for him to to have to say that, but like, good for him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and. So okay so so when i read your as i rec- i mean long time since i read it but as as i remember reading it and this was maybe at a a different time in terms of how people you know what is sexual harassment right but y- you had this part where you said sort of like you know was i personally sexually harassed well it, you know, right. kind of depends how you define it, but these things happened, and it was basically, you know, in, well, a, in a in a boys' club, and and but you describe it. But well, there's was, a yeah.
0: subset of sexual harassment called sexual favoritism, which you, where you don't have to be the target of harassment. It's the creation of a hostile environment where some people get benefits right. for having sex, and. The, and others might actually also be punished right. for for not having or just having not sex. get the benefits. Right
1: is a, a, a form of punishment in itself.
0: Right, and
1: and that's again that's it's just what Just my was. recollection was was when you were describing it, it was that, and it, it it just it as I recall it, it seems to me that it was a it was a it was a discussion or explanation you probably would not have to give today. Because I think, at least for the audience that was in Vanity Fair, yeah, at least for the audience, a lot of people just thought differently. I guess I don't know. Is that does that am I, am I making sense or just totally embarrassed? Well, I think here? so.
0: And I tell this story about how um, the Today Show wanted me to go on it, and I get a call from a Today Show producer, and I passed because it. I felt like my audience was people in television and Hollywood, and they had read the article, and I didn't need to go on TV and spread it to a wider audience. And then later in the day, my phone rings, and it's a very familiar voice of Matt Lauer. And Matt Lauer said, I know you said no to the producer, but I thought maybe I could convince you. I personally will conduct the interview." And um, I said, well, the problem, Matt, is, like, I don't want to talk about interns in the bedroom. I want to talk about writers in the writer's room. And he said, "Uh, I won't make you talk about interns. In fact... I couldn't be held to that a standard. Wow.
1: <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to tell this story. And he
0: laughed, <laughs> and it was such an honor. And I was like, "Well, you just sealed it. That's a no."
1: <laughs> so, what actually did you say though? Like, how did you respond? How did you respond, or just kind of like let it like? Oh, I, just I just let that. Yeah. I just
0: and and I just I actually thought, what an idiot for like you so misread. What I was trying to say, and and this was not a bonding moment between you and me over it's okay to uh, screw uh, interns, right? So it's not like
1: you guys were like old pals. It's like the first time. Or, so,
0: but here's the thing: there's all these people very close to Matt Lauer who claim they didn't know. I never met the man. He calls me cold, and within two minutes, he makes this joke.
1: Right. So right. yeah, no, that that is. Um yeah. 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 That kind of yeah. says it all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh,
0: but the reason I brought up yeah. that article is so I write this article mm-hmm. in 2009. In 2010, Sheryl Sandberg gives this amazing TED talk called Why There Are So Few Women Leaders. And it, she doesn't use lean in yet, but it's kind of the basis. Don't leave before you're, you leave. Make your partner a real partner. Sit at the table. And I always loved her sit at the table because it works both metaphorically and literally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it really struck me because I tell another story in the book about when I'm at Newhart, the, um, the Bob Newhart show that was set in Vermont, and I write my first script, and I don't sit at the table. I sit in this ring that's around the table because I-
1: For like the, 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 for the secondary table status- People yep. who are like around the. I mean, I think we can all visualize that. There's the people who are at the table. Yeah. And then there's the kind of assistants, or what we think should be the, you know, right. kind of the people who aren't really yeah, a like part of the, the standard, conversation. Standard conference room setup. Yeah. Kind of thing yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So I had I had done that myself, and then um, so 2011 we finally connect and. By the way, we, our relationship was entirely over email for the first four months or something. And she's giving the Forrestal lecture at Annapolis, and she sends me all her notes, and she's written a draft of this speech. Um, and in the book, I actually include a screenshot of where it says, tell women to lean in. And it was the first time she uh, used that phrase. So
1: now, now, as as the
0: as I know, the, I smile when I talk about her. No, it wow, was like it was such a. I always joke. You know how Obama always said we're the ones we were waiting for. I always tell Cheryl, you're the one I was waiting for, because she's such a brilliant communicator, and she had the ability to see the problem from thirty thousand feet and then zoom into the the study or the data right, that proved right. it. Um, is
1: what was the, what was the collaboration process like what did it remain like you know
0: we're iterators okay. so and type A so it was always like hot potato who okay. could <laughs> read the next draft fastest and send it back with notes and questions so
1: okay so with with the I, I'm just gonna jump all over the place here with the new heart thing even I'd tell us all of the shows that you, we're substantially involved in. We're script writer for. I know that there was there was the show that you were, a, a, I guess, showrunner. I'm kind of like.
0: I'm well, I created Sabrina the Teenage right. Right. And, Witch. And so then you
1: were the show showrunner? I was like a showrunner. I'm trying to pretend like I'm like, I'm down with the Hollywood <laughs> scene. I, I showrunner. I don't well, think was, David wouldn't have known what a showrunner was. Well, that oh, was come a, on. Oh, come on.
0: That was a made up term. That it's only been in circulation maybe 15 years. Well, that's
1: how current I am.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyway, your shows. So, oh, New Heart, okay. Sabrina, Simpsons.
0: Simpsons, Coach. Do you remember Coach with Craig T. Nelson? I do remember Coach.
1: I didn't know you were I on Coach. I worked on that for okay. three
0: seasons. And Can Murph- you work
1: on more than one show at once? I, I, I These it.
0: days, people do because they have such short orders that people jump around. But back in the day, no. Okay. Okay. Um, and I worked on Murphy Brown. I didn't know that. That's coming
1: back, isn't it? It's...
0: It is three shows I worked on are coming back: Charmed, Sabrina, The Teenage Witch, and Murphy Brown.
1: The '90s are. I didn't know about. I didn't know about Charmed. Yeah. I. uh, But okay, how 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 involved? You invented the Simpsons. That that other guy didn't really. (laughs) Okay, well, tell us how what was the story of the Simpsons? Well,
0: I did spot the greatness right away. I watched the Simpsons premiere at home and did something I'd never done before and have never done since, which is I called my agent at home and said, I want to write for this show. So I I was way ahead of the curve. It It was like 89, 88? Was it? 91?
1: I I, I remember. remember, No, you're right, 88. I remember in college watching it. So it yeah it can't be ninety it can't be ninety one. How many how many seasons did you work for that?
0: Well, I did. I just wrote the freelance uh, Homer eats blowfish and thinks he's going to die. Oh,
1: okay. and then I also
0: worked with those guys, recent Gene on The Critic, which was uh, also a uh, beloved show. Okay. So after Murphy Brown, uh, I uh, go to Sabrina, and then I start working on Hourlongs, and I work on Providence. And Monk and NCIS, oh. um, and I sort of okay expanded, okay. and then m- most recently um, I worked on the Muppets in when it came back on ABC in 2016. Wait, I didn't even know that.
1: Oh. I, 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 I'm not even saying like I didn't know you were involved in it. I didn't seriously. When I was a little kid, that was like my favorite. Oh, oh my god, I loved loved that show. Well, the I, whole like world.
0: I um, I added to Muppet canon. Which was, so the first day I'm there, I um, pull aside Bill Beretta, who's like King of the Muppets, and I say, uh, does Miss Piggy have a tail? And he goes, well, I suppose, well. It's like dangerous territory. Yes. (laughs) All right, go ahead, go ahead,
1: go ahead.
0: And then I said, um, have we ever seen it? And he said, no. And I said, could we ever see it? And he got a little twinkle in his eye and said, Yes. So I um, came up with an episode that opens with Miss Piggy on a red carpet at, um, it was the Zootopia premiere. And she's um, posing for the paparazzi in a low uh, cut dress and her tail pops out. Oh, so, so
1: it's like a, 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 wardrobe. a wardrobe malfunction. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. And do you have this thing? I still can't, I still it's still a little hard for me when I watch Kermit because it's not Kermit. It's not Kermit. And it and the voice just No It's not Kermit.
0: It's hard. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. Um so tell us about we're gonna get to we're gonna get to Russia and Manafort, but tell us about the book. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. <laughs> the book. The book the we're book. here to talk about.
0: So um I think just the funny parts is about the three things I love most, which are comedy writing and equality and it's all kind of mixed together um you know for for most of the the first half of my career i'm a sports writer in boston i write sports for the boston globe then i work on these variety shows and these comedies and basically i'm a guy
1: you know tell tell us about the gary shandling thing it was gary shandling right oh yeah. yeah yeah tell us tell us that and or, um, t- tell it when you By want to the way, it. the
0: HBO documentary is really fascinating. I loved it. So, to become a TV writer, you have to write a spec script, um, which is speculative. And my favorite show at the time was not the most popular show, which was The Cosby Show, uh, but perhaps one of the least popular show, which was It's Gary Shanling's Show. Which was great. It's absurd and weird, and I loved it. So I sit down, I write an episode, I have an agent from my spy articles and he sends it over to the show and he calls me back and says, they want to buy it.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Wait, Wait, so that's the first script you write?
0: Yes. So they, um, they say they have some notes, they fly me to Hollywood. I meet my hero, Gary Shanling. And, uh, I'm with Alan's Zweibel, and Gary's looking at me quizzically like, who is this person in our office? And uh, Alan says, oh, she's the one who wrote the spec script about the party line. And he says, oh, you write like a guy, which was, you know, I think in his mind, the highest compliment you could pay me. Right,
1: right, right. And I
0: think it meant I wrote hard jokes.
1: Right. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I get what he was what what he was saying what he was trying to say
0: um and then when he died a couple of years ago i i wanted to write a piece um just you know to thank him and memorialize him in my own words and i realized you know he made so many jokes about relationships and his hair and the way he looked and i realized he wrote like a girl (laughs) Right. <laughs> I mean, he was insecure, and I mean that as a total compliment.
1: No, there's there's a whole there's a whole um, there's a whole. Th- I mean, I was a big Gary Shandling fan, um, yeah. and there was a whole theme in his comedy of romantic insecurity, sexual insecurity, and even like sexual confusion, sort of at the, <laughs> at the margins. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, here's here's the thing: is it because one of the one of the things that the last several years has forced on all of us is a lot of people who I loved as a kid. Turns out they weren't great, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> the Cosby thing didn't really work out. Yeah. Um, so Gary, I was know a good, I grew
0: up listening to Cosby's I, yeah, albums. Totally, totally.
1: But Gary was a was a good guy. Was was like yeah. we like him? Okay, yes. good, good. I was uh, good. Yes.
0: Say no more. Oh, I, I don't want to hear. Either. Yeah, I
1: don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to hear the fine print. But and like, Albert
0: say, Brooks is amazing. Okay,
1: that's good. That's good. That's I know, good. but it
0: is true. Like sometimes I say, you know, d- don't meet your heroes.
1: Yeah, I mean, some. <clears throat> well, the th- the thing is with like Cosby is that like, s- say someone like Richard Pryor. There's almost nothing you could tell me about Richard Pryor, and I would say, oh man. I can never watch his comedy again because that's just fucked up. Because, like, the whole thing, like, I'm fucked up. Like, a crazy person, right? Right. But, like, Cosby, his whole shtick is like, I'm the good guy. I'm the family guy. Right. I'm a good guy. You just can't, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's,
0: it's. So, this story isn't in the book, but about, I don't know, five, six years ago, NBC actually made a deal with him to come back to television. And I get a call out of the blue from this guy who was his publicist. And he says, um, Mr. Cosby, I'm sorry, Dr. Cosby is meeting with the writers. And we were wondering if you would come in. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. I don't know how they got to me, but I said, sure. And then he said, Oh, Bill will love you. And it totally creeped me out. <laughs> and, was this and the bef- meeting ended up getting canceled. This was right before. Well,
1: I remember when the first, when that thing happened, when it all came out, I remember now that that was part of the sort of the drama of the story unfolding, that he had a new show coming out. Right. And kind of like, this is this going to kill his new show? And obviously, yes. Now, yeah. when, when that Did you know anything about
0: that stuff at that point?
1: Obviously not as much now, but was that even on the radar?
0: I didn't, but then I, I, and this is in the book, I talk about how William Morris assistants used to tell each other, don't get in the elevator with Bill Cosby. And, you know, they just kept representing him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The only thing that worries me, too, about Cosby and Weinstein is Their transgressions are so egregious. I do worry that there are men who like, well, I didn't rape 12 women, so I guess I'm a good guy.
1: Right, right, right. Well, and and that is a really good point because obviously people who are true monsters, who who are like predators over many, many years, that is horrible. But the bigger thing is lower grade predation that is far more pervasive. Right. And that's-
0: Which is one of the reasons why I feel very strongly that we can't just wait for victims to step forward, that all these networks should be hiring independent teams to just go to, I would say, the um, the highest rated shows mm-hmm. and and do some performance reviews. Hollywood never does those, you know, and do exit interviews if someone got fired maybe maybe they there's a reason uh that's not their fault that they right. did
1: i mean i don't do we expect anything like that to happen
0: um well, no. let me phrase it differently. Yeah. I know that there is isn't there some like well if I wish there were a lawsuit maybe maybe if people felt that they would be on the hook
1: right right well isn't i thought that there was i thought that i thought I heard something about. Some group of like Hollywood bigwigs yeah. has created some organization that is supposedly doing some kind of self-policing or something. Am I? Do you, yeah, do you, there's
0: I, a commission headed by okay. Anita Hill. Okay, right. That's, uh, what, yeah. I'm th- that's what I'm thinking. Of. well, we'll see what happens. Right. I like the inclusion rider. That's cool.
1: Is 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 that um, new? Is that like?
0: It is, and it's Stacy Smith who runs the Annenberg Inclusion Institute. Full disclosure: I'm on the board. Um, came up with this and developed it with a amazing DC lawyer, and it it makes people go beyond lip service. You know, everybody wants more right. diversity, right. not right. just because it's a nice thing to do, but it actually does make your show better or um, you know, you're, it raises profitability in corporations. But this really holds people's feet to the fire. You set goals. Right. And if right. you don't hit those goals, you, you yeah, know, it has contractual pay a, yeah. implications. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. So tell it one of the things that y- you and I have talked about just over the years, and I've seen in some of your interviews about this book, is that. At some point in the last several years, I don't know if it was like, you know, after the, I probably wasn't one set period of time that you, you made yourself a person whose kind of personal <laughs> mission it was to, to get women writers into these, into these, you know, to sort of rectify the problem on your own or be part of the solution. Tell, well, that, explain that.
0: The excuse for not having more women in the room of late night TV is always, you know, we can't find them. They don't apply for these jobs. And that's just not true. And I maintain it's not a pipeline problem. It's a broken doorbell problem with all these talented people are on the doorstep ringing the bell and no one's letting them in. Right, right. And so I did start, um, you know, at first I tried public shaming (laughs) um, and apparently there is no shame left so right. that so doesn't that work, work. Okay. anymore and so i started to work the inside game and had some you know that that there was movement and that was great
1: now but how if you're playing the inside game how how do you do that
0: well you find out when there's an opening at these shows and then you Send them the names of women they should, or and people of color they should be recruiting to apply. So the best example was John Oliver's last week tonight, mm-hmm. and I had um, I'm friends with Tim Carvell, who uh, is the head writer, or executive producer, and he really wanted to do better after he left The Daily Show, and so when they were staffing up, he wrote to me and said, "Give me all the names." So it included the name um, of a woman I didn't even know. She made me laugh on Twitter. Her name's Jill Twiss, and she'd write things like, you know, I feel bad for gluten-free pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> and out of hundreds of submissions, they hired her, and she now has the number one book on Amazon because she wrote the— um, I
1: was going to say, I know that name. Yeah, I, I, she yeah. wrote
0: Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo or— the Pence Bunny, yeah.
1: Right? Oh, right. That's okay. <laughs> right. right, right, yeah. right. 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 So, w- what was the? Yeah. No. I. I. I saw. Um, what was it? There. There was. Uh, wait. Was it? Was it? Was it her? It was. It was the. It was the. It was Pence's daughter. Right. Had, had a kind of a good response on that. Like, did you see this? That, it was
0: positive. It was like it's all. Yeah, if it's I'll go More out, money, more,
1: more charity, and yeah. let's great, fantastic. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. So. Like. An inside game of like facilitating and pushing, but not like not
0: pimping. Is how from I like pimping. To go. Okay, hey, <laughs> no. you want to go there, that's totally
1: cool. That's well, that's high that's... end. <laughs> so what is what is um, in 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 this whole in the whole Me Too the the whole thing that has happened over the last six or seven months, and obviously didn't. I mean, happen. Endless, yes, endlessly before that, but the, but the public sort of conversation that ha, that is going on. What is what is not happening that should be happening?
0: Well, awareness has to lead to action. So we've got this heightened awareness, and I love that more women are speaking out. Um, but Hollywood's a weird place. Where if someone treats you horribly, but you call them on it, you're the asshole. <laughs> I've never understood that <laughs> is, is is that is that the
1: is that the entertainment slash creative world in general or is that the movie and TV business in Hollywood? And that's not a rhetorical question right. no I'm just, it's I, you know. I
0: think you know it's perceived as a business built on relationships and connections. It should be based on talent, but it's not enough. And so I think the idea that you call someone out, you're you're not good at relationships. you're You're breaking the connection.
1: right. Uh, right. I guess I, I guess I get that. I mean, I understand what you're saying.
0: Yeah, so that's the unfortunate thing, and I don't I don't know if we've yet seen what it all means
1: yeah that makes sense although
0: I, I will say women are sharing more with each other and and that's good because more information is gives you more power
1: that's interesting i mean obviously as 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 a guy i i that is by definition opaque to me what what women because certainly one of the one of the one of the recurring themes of everything that has emerged in the last 6 months is you know you find out about Harvey Weinstein and part of the story is well everybody all all basically lots of women had been warning each other for a long time so right. there's a whole kind of there's a a whole uh you know furtive dialogue among among women that never became not just didn't get to men but obviously didn't become public but you're saying that's that's different there's more of that
0: there is more of that interesting
1: Interesting. So let's let's talk about the book. What, what is what is going on with the book?
0: <laughs> well, I'm on. Well, are, uh, tell us. about on you're, my tour. You're,
1: on the tour, you're, you're talking with Jeff Tubin tomorrow night. What is yeah. it at, at, here at, in here in New York?
0: Yeah, at the Harvard Club. Right. And um, Jeff's in the book because back in my sports writer days in college. How long were you a sports
1: writer? Like out of college? <laughs> I know I know in college, but how long were you a sports writer? Post college, uh,
0: just I uh, for a year. Okay, yeah, that's legit. Okay, yeah, I didn't. Um,
1: you get the Josh Mark check. I'm checking the box. Cool. Okay, yeah, that's legit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, writing professional sports was not as much fun as as writing college sports. Yeah, I guess I get that. Yeah, I guess I get that. It was just the facts, ma'am. Mm-hmm. W- mm-hmm. When it was when I went pro. Right. Uh, right. And I wanted to move to New York and see what else I could do. You're from
1: Boston, right? Re- yes. You born in Boston. Okay. But,
0: oh, I was going to say Jeff was sports editor of the Harvard Crimson when I was associate sports editor. Oh, ah,
1: okay. All so right. so I you mean, guys go way back.
0: Way back. Okay. That was a great – so for journalist um, buffs, you know, that class included David Sanger and Nick Kristoff and Jeff Tubin.
1: Aren't you fancy? And me. I mean, all the all the cool people yeah. were at Harvard. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so tell us about tell us about this. You know, because a lot of people read Lean In, which you were involved in, and not the you know whatever you want to call your role. Yes. And this is the you story. And again, you've written for every like comedy show, like most. You wrote most comedy shows that 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 I watched in 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 in, in the nineties, which is cool. And but this is again the story of. You know this incredibly male profession, and your effort to exist in that profession. Obviously, you've been extremely successful, but also to try to make change and 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 uh, make a dent in this culture that female comedy writers were were sort of. Uh, prevented from entering in many, many cases. So, so how do you tell that story? Is it, is it like, give us the thing, is this like a narrative, like the Nell story? Or like, you know, how's Well, that, I created, uh,
0: there's a structure around a joke that someone told me when I was working at Coach, which is the four stages of a Hollywood writer's career. And I'll use my name. So the four stages are, one, who is Nell Scovell? Two, get me Nell Scovell. Three, get me a younger, cheaper Nell Scovell. <laughs> and four, who is Nell Scovell?
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Okay.
0: So I, you know, I do this, The, the how I got in. I, people are always interested. It's usually the first question you get on the panel of how did you break in? Um, and I actually always tell people that's a terrible question because it's it's not how, it's why. And the why is because you wrote a lot, and put it into the world for people to see.
1: Okay, I first at first I was thinking like what 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 is, is Nell talking about here. <laughs> so not not like what connection did you right. pull to get in but kind of like I was good enough and therefore I
0: succeeded. Well, I I tell this piece of advice which is the only way to move forward creatively is to allow yourself to be judged. And cuz it's not what you start and it's not even what you finish, it's what you put out for the world to see. And I think all writers, you know, you're insecure and it's not fun to be judged, but that's what's necessary.
1: You know, it's funny. I, I, I've, been, I've been, for a couple of days, been sitting on an email. So I have to, I have to write this person an email and there's nothing like bad about, there's nothing yeah. negative, but I have a kind of stage fright just oh, that's because of the nature of the conversation um so and i yeah. keep uh, like like i was gonna write that last night what happened <laughs> so it's <so, laughs> the like, same thing like i don't want to <laughs> be judged right so okay awesome 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 so
0: so yeah and and then um like i said you know being female is not really a huge part of it because like i there's a chapter about how we wrote my Simpsons episode or how that came to be and all the different stages and, you know, my gender doesn't factor into it. I included... Um, there was a tag that had to be cut for time and the Simpsons people were gave me permission to print that. So it's sort of fun because there are all these loose ties in the Fugu episode mm-hmm. um, and they actually were going to be tied up.
1: Got it, got it, got it. Okay, okay.
0: So, and then... Uh, it gets a little trickier as I get older and I have two kids. And um, there's a chapter about directing because I've directed two movies and what that was like. Which I didn't, I'm not sure I knew. They're this. cable movies one okay. for Lifetime and one for Showtime.
1: And, and, what can are they shall not speak their name what what
0: oh uh if I can remember um the showtime was called Haley Wagner star and it was about a washed-up has been 16 year old actress who has to go to high school and be normal for the first time
1: oh sort of like when 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 uh, Molly Cyrus had her the the kid what, uh, what is it Hannah uh, Montana but if she hadn't become right Molly Cyrus right right right.
0: right. yeah I think I say uh like uh, we were in the the right ballpark at the wrong time (laughs) Um, and the second one was a movie called um uh it was one of us and it was for lifetime and it's a it was kind of like um and then there were none (laughs) meets uh the big chill oh yeah It's a That's, reunion. Five women come to their college reunion. Got it. And they each open up about something they've never told anyone before. And then they all got, go home and get blackmail notes. So it was one of us.
1: Oh. It's actually oh, kind of cute. Oh. <laughs> all right. Here, here's here, here's something, something totally different that I want our, our listeners to hear about. You have written jokes for a president of the United States. And it's not Donald Trump. (laughs) So tell us about that. That's this is public, right? I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a chapter,
0: and I'm from Newton, Massachusetts, which is arguably the most liberal city in the most liberal state. So writing for Barack Obama was really a highlight of my life. Yeah,
1: totally, totally, totally. So so tell us about how that how that works though. uh,
0: Well, I had written some. Some jokes um, when for the Facebook people when the president visited and
1: oh to kind of soften him up.
0: Well, one was like, um, "We're so happy to have him here. He's um, got a, a large Facebook following, half a million more followers, and he'll be tied with SpongeBob SquarePants." <laughs> All right, and, that's good. Well, they wrote me back and they right. said we're trying to honor the president, not roast him. But Cheryl showed that joke to John Favreau, his uh, head writer.
1: Who's the pod save who's the pod, save, pod yeah. uh, king of podcasts now. Right. Okay. A, and
0: a an amazing, lovely, smart, funny man. And he understood that like this joke would work if the president said it. Right. Because it's very right, right. self deprecating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and I learned early on that what's different about writing for the president is like you see your joke on the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle.
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. right. <laughs> it's news. Yeah, a yeah. joke
0: is news when the president makes it. Now,
1: was it... I know that you were writing a lot for the correspondence dinner speeches. Were you also writing for just kind of like... You
0: no, know? Okay. No, so that all was, for that speech. So the, the SpongeBob happened to...
1: I thought maybe like he's meeting with Putin and you say, throw this at him and it'll really kind of <laughs> set the tone or something.
0: No, I also worked on the Al Smith dinner and... Maybe one of those. Those kind
1: of big press yeah. dinner things, right? So what is, okay, so as as I recall you describing this process to me, like his sort of core speech writers, the ones who worked out of the White House, they're doing the sort of the, you know, the main script, for lack of a better word. But then they've got like, you know, kind of ringers on the outside, like Nell, to kind of like here here's here's you got to use this one and then they kind of incorporate yours that is that basically how it works yeah that's it and
0: I think my the first year I did it was 2011 and Judd Apatow also um threw in a bunch of jokes and uh interesting yeah
1: interesting so wait but you but but like each successive year you were like in the mix at some level yes right okay so okay is there what what like you got to tell us like some jokes
0: um, okay. Well,
1: did you tell him to do that mic drop thing? That was you, right? What? Ah, it was. No. I knew it. No, <laughs> really? Wait, it was, or it was.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, no, no, okay. That's See, amazing. You know, I, I, I think what it is is that I think, I think you must've told me that. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't just come up with that, but you, you said you told him to do the mic drop yeah I mean that's almost as big an accomplishment as like Obamacare
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another meme. I wrote a joke about he was reintroducing himself as a candidate one year and it was like my um uh where was his mother from i forgetting uh, kansas okay my mother was from kansas my father was from kenya and i was born in hawaii and he winked um, oh, right, right, yeah right? i remember that and, remember and that's that. actually become kind of a, a meme yeah was that wait because
1: because one year you came as our guest to the correspondence dinner was it that year
0: N- I, uh I, I f- yes or well i'll read about that but okay. here first i'll read you how about i'm gonna read you jokes that he didn't do
1: okay yeah it's okay good.
0: um People say I'm too cozy with Hollywood. I was just laughing about that with Clooney. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good.
0: So, um, And here's one I, I okay. really wish they'd done. Um, I turned 50 while in office, which meant I had to have my first colonoscopy. And guess what they found? Mitch McConnell. That guy can obstruct anything. <laughs>
1: Nice. <laughs> that's, I'm 49, so it's a little close to yeah, the bone. But yeah, soon, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, if Trump wins, he gets the nuclear code. I'll give him a hint now. It's the same number that's on my Kenyan birth certificate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. Oh my God! You know, there was that. There was that one. I think it was like two. I'm thinking 2011. There was that year where he, where Trump was there. Right, and that like, was that and, was and the Obama, first year. Like, totally humiliated him. Yeah, and that probably I had
0: nothing to do with those jokes. I, I was going to say if you did, <laughs> it takes a lot yeah.
1: because I think you made like.
0: No, I think uh, John <laughs> Levinge and Judd Apatow there, did a lot of
1: that. Uh, I mean, it was brutal, but I do think that like that humiliation was a non-trivial part of life. Don't say that. I, yeah. You know. All right, so thanks, now no. I'm going to
0: read you from the book. Okay. After the 2011 dinner, John Favreau invited me to the White House to meet the other speechwriters. John Lovett kindly procured a photo that President Obama inscribed for me. The president thanked me for the jokes and added, Glad I was able to provide the material. Sweet, self deprecating, funny. Each year, I look forward to contributing to that April evening so much. That starting in early March, I'd check my email nervously every morning, hoping for a note from the White House. Each year, I sweated it out, and each year, the email would arrive. In 2013, I attended the dinner as a guest of Josh Marshall, founder and editor, hey. Of, hey. My, wait, founder and editor of my favorite news site, Talking Points Memo.
1: I, I'm, I'm blushing. I'm, 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 I'm tearing up here. <laughs> That's all, Okay, so w- we're we we we're, we're we're getting towards the end of our show here so you so let's we 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 would be missing an opportunity if we didn't hear what you're thinking about the big news of the day which is obviously that our president works for vladimir Putin and um he's First, going to sell back Alaska, and then sell sell us to to Russia. So, seriously, more seriously, even though that's probably true, um, what, what what do you make of this Manafort stuff? The latest.
0: Here's how we know the president is not an honorable man.
1: I was going to say there's a there's a long there's list a lot, here. But okay, I'll, but I'll let you go forward. Yeah.
0: If he were, I think Paul Manafort would be would be drinking poison this evening. Because he would know that the president and his people would take care of his wife and his daughters, it, it, right? That's how it's supposed to work.
1: Wait, is okay? So I'm trying to th- in the because I'm thinking of the Godfather scene. Yeah. Where that, okay, that is point. I was thinking that guy. I thought
0: doesn't that guy slit his wrists?
1: This is getting okay. pretty dark, pretty quickly. Well,
0: it's just yeah, kind of like
1: that. He's got to yeah go yeah.
0: And and it, but I I I think he knows that. That would never happen. That his daughters and wife would be just well. Left it's, alone. It's, on, it's
1: on both sides. He's hoping that Trump is going to pardon him to save to because Trump doesn't give a shit about Manafort, but he thinks he can save himself. Right. But right. That's the kind of thing because there is um, uh, Michael Corleone was a a predator and a murderer and a terrible person. But that guy could kill himself. Uh, it's it's five, what, Pentang, yeah. Pentangeli? I, 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 all the godfather right. hardcore people are going to be making fun of me now. He knew he could die. Yeah. And he didn't have to worry. Yeah. And like with, with Trump, you I mean. Yeah. You, you, could, <laughs> you could like buy him a soda and say, hey, you have the money for the soda? He's like, dude. Yeah. No. I mean, anything. <laughs> right. So what do you, you know, when Jeff Tubin, who we were just talking about, was on this week's main episode, and we concluded by my asking Jeff, "Like, am I right to think that going to jail may not be the thing that most worries Paul Manafort? Right, that he's gonna end up some, you know, yeah. having someone come to his door and like spritz nerve nerve gas in his face?" And Jeff, you know, I think I think Jeff's response was kind of like, "I don't think he's gonna get killed, but like." Would I be worried about it? Yeah, of course, because yeah. he's he's like needy. He's a dangerous people. I'm yeah, saying. dangerous people. That was the thing. So he totally, uh, totally, uh, you know, it's a legit question to ask. So what is? Can you can you? How is Trump doing for you in the comedy department?
0: He um, he's not so good because it's just endless worry. Um, I did write a joke just the other day about how um, uh, Pence has a rule that he can't be uh, alone with someone unless his spouse is there and Melania has a rule that she can't be alone with her spouse unless the photographer's there <laughs> that works
1: I thought it was going to be something like um, uh, it, I, I can't even I can't even figure out the mechanics but it has to be Trump and Ivanka
0: oh in a Oh, can only be in a room alone well I don't know I,
1: it's it, you get it it's some some sort of play on because I'll tell you as much as people like joke about that like I, I each one of these like pin-ups at, or pin-up models or, or like yeah. porn stars every each one of them three now like either after or before sex you' like oh you' are you're, you're right up there with my daughter
0: like, yeah like ah, yeah
1: ah ah. ah. You know, it's it, also
0: weird that a guy who's so obsessed with the wall loves unprotected sex. Well, that was
1: – yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's okay, good. good. That's good. There, there, there was uh, – well, no, I mean, there was a lot that came out of, that, of, of the Stormy thing that sort of – because his whole thing was, hey, that Russia thing didn't happen. I'm a germaphobe. Like, dude, yeah, you're having sex with a porn star. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and yes, I know. Like, they have their testing and 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 whatever. But people
0: use. What do you think's for, you on know, the, uh, the the disc? The disc. Y-
1: you know, it's funny. You know who is sitting in that chair? Who? Michael Avenatti, Storm- oh. Stormy's uh, hot lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> to you to you he i mean i must say though even even like a oh, very heterosexual guy like me he's a pretty dashing guy uh he he like races cars he he he's a he does car racing yeah yeah so anyway um you know my best guess is that it's screen grabs of texts
0: oh i mean yeah. maybe it's a dick pic
1: i mean it wouldn't surprise me but could it well, the way they talk about it, they say yeah. certain still images and/or text or text communications. Yeah, and
0: I think you're right. That that makes sense because
1: those are still images, or yeah. maybe like since it was 2006, it's not like now where you just on your iPhone you do a screen grab. So maybe you hold up your 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 thing. You know what I mean? That kind of yeah. to, what cell phone.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying like cell phone photos were a
1: totally different thing back then. It's like it's not like the cameras we carry around all day every day now. Yeah, so I that's my best guess that it's that it's them texting with each other and that and that the way you would take a record of a text is you would take a picture of the text. So that's my best guess.
0: The other thing, did you see the story that Seth Rogen said he knew about Stormy and Trump 10 years ago because she would talk about it? I saw the headline where yeah. he
1: said, she told me about it at the time. So, Was there more that he said there? No, but
0: I, I sort of assume maybe she grabbed her own photo of him. I mean, sh- I,
1: I am by no means saying there aren't that the real goods are not there. I'm just kind of, I always, as a journalist, think about... The minimum plausible possibility, and the way that the the way that the agreement is written clearly, there's a picture of something, right? And my, my that is again the I think the minimum plausible explanation. But I mean, like for example,
0: I hate getting in Trump's head, but I could see
1: you should wear protection. A photo
0: of them looking in the mirror. Her top's she's bare, breasted. Right. He's behind her. Right. Because and he's this is
1: really upsetting to me. I
0: know. But I think like he with a with that big apprentice smile on his face, because that's he's looking in a mirror at himself. Holding the boobs of a porn star.
1: Oh, my God. Wouldn't even need to be a sexual photo, in my opinion. It could just be like she wanted a picture of Trump. Who's a famous guy. And it's kind of like, you know, a little just whatever, something or even if like. Well, but she she said that when she came to the hotel room, he's there in a robe. Hmm. Right.
0: So, <laughs> so even, even
1: if he's just there in the robe, it's like good enough right? <laughs> yeah. or bad enough, depending on how you want to how you want to look at it. Um, but she's also clearly like what I love about her is she's like she's crafty. She's yeah. she's like I I, I I just I admire her. Um, I want I'm not sure I'd say her aggressiveness. She doesn't get – she's, she's yeah. made her own way yeah. in, in a profession that is the porn business, right? I mean, right. talk about a highly sexualized you know, occupation. Um, and even with even – with, uh, she clearly had this guy, Keith Davidson, who is like – he was the one who was hawking the Hulk Hogan sex tapes. Oh. Like every sex tape, this guy was the – he's the guy who cuts the deal – When, you know, some embarrassing thing that someone who has a lot of money wants to keep secret. But it was clear in this case that the way this works is Stormy gets some money. Obviously, Keith Davidson gets like half of it. But she gets some money. But he's got the relationship with Trump and Michael Cohen that nothing gets out of hand. Yeah, Um, And that she ends up signing a totally ridiculous contract. Um, But... Then she went out and got, like, Avenatti, who's, like, like a fucking monster, man. He just will not let this go. And he's, like, got... He's totally trumped Trump.
0: Right. I, I think she felt taken advantage of, and she's not a woman you want to take advantage of.
1: <laughs> no, and I, I, I bought the idea that she kind of just wanted this to be in the past um, because... I don't know. It just, that just seemed. Pl- I mean, obviously, at some point you want to make money from it, whatever. But kind of like it was just, you know, a little, a little, a little too much. Um, but yeah, she did. She and she was.
0: Yeah, and she's sort of a model for um, the same behavior that I'm trying to model. Me and Stormy were okay. so similar. This well, is
1: another part of your career we haven't heard about yet. No. Now,
0: no, that women who can speak out. Right should. Right. And not everyone can and I I totally understand there are lots of reasons why people need to uh keep things to themselves but for those of us um you know there's a a quote in the book i love it's not my joke but uh someone said i don't have fuck you money but i do have i don't like your tone of voice money (laughs) 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 and if if you have the wherewithal to tell your story and tell how you were taken advantage of it's a wonderful thing to do for all the people who can't
1: right and and and
0: me and Stormy. Yeah, you and Stormy.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say, so many people have aspects of their personal story where they they just can't. I mean, it's, yeah. this is going to sound like a bizarre segue, but we've been seeing all this stuff about the Sinclair broadcasting stuff oh, and these people crazy. you know, mouthing these idiotic things. And obviously, it's terrible. And as a journalist, it's disgusting to me. But... Sinclair owns, like, half the TV news stations, right? And, like, it's not like... Right, you see,
0: like, the ABC bug on there. Yeah,
1: and the thing is that, you know, it's not like... This isn't like, um, you know, lots of professions where you leave one company, you just put out, you know, apply to other places, get a new job. There's only a few TV stations in each city, and, like, half of them are owned by Sinclair. So, like, if you say stand on principle and say, I'm not doing this your career is probably not only that but
0: even bloomberg yesterday reported that the
1: contracts they have are so kind of like strict that if you leave before your time is up you sometimes have to pay back up to like 40 percent of your salary or something like that like it makes it i mean not only finding a new job that's not sinclair it's like you could be you might not be able to afford to get out of your current gig yeah it's it's funny i mean i know that i know that um it is not uncommon for employers to backload compensation and all that kind of stuff Right. to, to every there's there're certainly legitimate reasons why you want to retain employees. But yeah, that's that's I guess my point is is that
0: fascism is coming to well, America.
1: You know, yeah, yeah. In and addition to fascism coming r- to America.
0: Wrapped in blonde extensions and holding a cell phone. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly, exactly. Well, my 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 point is that it is often easier for us to think than we imagine that oh you should have just quit or oh you should have just put your foot down you should have but like you've got a family yes and you're the sole breadwinner and it's it's harder than it's than it than it seems and 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 in all sorts of in in so many parts of life that is the case and certainly in what we're talking about here not everybody can can tell their story so for people who can they really need to Yes. Okay. We're trying. Yeah. So, are you? You're still in the? How long? How much longer does the book tour go?
0: For a while. Or is it sort of like you a Dylan are... endless,
1: endless tour kind of thing? <laughs>
0: uh, and
1: I... where are you going to be? Because we're we're gonna this this we're gonna uh, for you listeners we are recording this yesterday It's going to run tomorrow. Oh. So like, where are you going to be? People want to come and meet you, talk about the book. Get oh, you I'm sign trying the to think.
0: Book. I I am I'm doing. Um, A discussion at the Commonwealth Club with Kara Swisher. Okay. In a couple of weeks. Cool. Um, And she scares me, so that will be a good conversation. Tough interviewer. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not like the
0: Josh Marshall podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Total pushover. Uh,
0: And then LA Times Book Festival. Okay. And doing something at Powell's in Portland because I have a son who goes to read. Oh. So. Cool.
1: Like, I didn't know he went to read.
0: The eldest son goes to read. That's like.
1: That's like. i always I always well he he's going to like a liberal place
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. he is yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: all right so we, the the same, the Massachusetts thing had a deep imprint and and you're all kind of you're you're yeah, it's yeah. it's genetic, okay, so you're gonna be all over the place so you can if if people can if if you want to obviously you want to go buy the book and you can just go on Amazon. Um, right. even, even though Amazon is a, is a terrible book. Or you can go to
0: nelscovell.com and it will give you lots of options right. for and buying you... the book. The Audible's great. I didn't do it. So if oh. you're listening to my kind of flat deadpan voice and going, <laughs> ugh. Uh, but um, Amy Hone, who's a wonderful Broadway actress, very funny, cool. did that.
1: Well, but, And you can just Google Nels Lots Lavel. of jokes. And, it's and really funny. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a it is a great book. And I absolutely, this is someone I absolutely love and who is hilarious. Aww. And um, you should go out and buy it. And thanks for coming on the show.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. By the way, I bumped into the Axios guys and I was telling them about the book. And yeah. they said, oh, well, maybe we'll do something on it. And then I remembered, I actually literally say, Talking Points Memo is my favorite yeah.
1: <laughs> s- source I mean, of I mean, news. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And so
0: I was like, let's hold back sending them the book. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Totally. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, thank you it, as I hope you like that coffee. Cause you know, w- what I, what I, what I need to remind people of is that this episode of the Josh Marshall podcast was brought to you by Grady's cold brew, the, uh, which is like the best.
0: So good.
1: It's so good. Like the best coffee. And here's the thing, get 20% off your first order at Grady's That's Grady's with promo code T P M. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader.